My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. By the age of 10, most girls have been on a diet, according to recent studies. Over half of 13-year-old girls struggle with poor body image, and eating disorders have been on the rise since 1950. They affect people of all ages, gender identities, ethnicities, and socioeconomic status, and can lead to serious complications from not being able to live that full, happy life you deserve to chronic health problems and even death. At the same time, there is huge hope to be had for anyone struggling. I know this, as does today's awesome guest firsthand, because we have both been through it. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and today we are going to explore ways to really love and respect your body, why doing so matters, and forgiveness, which may be more tightly linked to these issues than you realize. If you or a loved one are grappling in these areas, I hope the episode sheds some light. Quick note, if you have not yet signed up for my email list, please do so you can get extras and updates. If you've done so already at augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org, you received my TEDx talk in which I talked about my eating disorder recovery experience, and it was such serendipitous timing because it posted yesterday. I didn't know that, and I had already planned this interview with the amazing Helena Grace Donald, who I met at the TEDx event. She is the founder of Girl Unfiltered and author of Learning to Love the Girl in the Mirror, a very empowering book for teens. She's also a public speaker and actress with two films coming out this year. So multi-talented. <laughs> thank you for joining me today. Oh, you just gave me goosebumps. I am so excited to be here, so thank you. <laughs> so you know more about my story because you were yeah. in that audience, and I remember you came up to me afterwards, and I can always tell when there's going to be like that. There's like a sisterhood. You yeah. Know, like we've both been through this. And you said you related and had many parallels, but I don't mm -hmm. know a lot of the specifics. So yeah. could we start with a bit of your background? Absolutely. Well, wow. Like I was sitting in that audience and I honestly thought I was able to finish your sentences. Um, and it just, it resonated so deeply with me. And I was so grateful for you for speaking out about it because I connected with it. And it just, it helped me even to rehear what you were saying. Um, parallels, wow. I mean, throughout my teen years, I absolutely hated my body. Like, I had such a negative relationship with it. And, you know, you're talking about the statistics of girls being on diet since the age of 10. I wouldn't say it was 10, but like most of my teen years, I was on a diet and I was going from one diet to the next. And I was always trying to find that, that, that hook that was going to finally give me the body that I always wanted. Because if I had the body that I always wanted, then I could be happy. Life and will be perfect. Yeah, I'll be Little Miss Perfect. And everything will just like fit into place. And everything I want will suddenly be achievable because I have the perfect body. Which is just crazy because what is the perfect body? I mean, we can go into that and like Photoshop and the finish line kind of keeps moving. Yeah, so always. Always moving. So like every day I would wake up. And I would weigh myself like first thing in the morning because I was told like you're, you're lightest in the morning. Okay, so I, I would get up, uh, weigh myself, and then I had a calendar that I had made 
in which I had actually <laughs> covered the, the photos that the calendar had come with and I put Victoria's Secret models all Aww. up on my calendar and every day I would mark my weight. <laughs> so if it had gone up half a pound, let's just say it was not a good day. If it had gone down half a pound, like I was on track, you know, mm -hmm. and I would go downstairs and I would have that little tiny bowl of fruit and I would have the black coffee because if I have black coffee, it's going to empty my stomach. And it was just this like never ending horrible cycle of hating myself and not allowing myself to be the person I was supposed to be because I was so um, trapped in this negative thinking that all I was obsessing about was my body. Yeah. And that has a knock-on effect on so many areas of your life. Do you have a sense of some of the factors? Because I, I know how complicated it is. I don't think any of us are immune. Mm. But were there specific contributors, like experiences or role models? Definitely a lot of contributors, some in my personal life, um, some a lot um, to do with the outside world and the society that we live in. And I think women have always struggled to fit into society's expectations on them, um, and especially surrounding their looks, because that is supposed to give us validation, because that's sort of the message that we're being shown. Um, I also knew that I wanted to be an actress. I was told I could model because I was tall, like all of these things. And I thought that those things were only going to be achievable if I had the body and a certain size um, and that if I was skinny. And, and as you say, that mark is forever moving. So you're never really going to reach it. And it's just like such a negative spiral out of control. Did anyone know that you were engaging so deeply in these behaviors? Um, my mom knew that I was deeply unhappy with my body, but she wanted to, it was just this like, she, she knew I was unhappy, so she wanted to do everything she could to help me to get to where I wanted to be in order to be happy, if that makes sense. Yeah. She's the most amazing mother, and we've talked deeply about this since she realized what I was going through. But at the time, I don't think that she knew how best to deal with it. Yeah. And now she actually wants to help speak to mothers who don't know how to deal with it. She's amazing. But at the time, I needed someone to shake me and like tell me that I was beautiful just the way I was. And inside and out, you know, and focused on other qualities. Instead, I was obsessing more and more. And yeah, so that was definitely, um, it was a wake up call for her when I went to her one night and I was literally shaking. Like it felt like my skin was crawling because I, I had this terrible urge to throw up and I had been bulimic for a while at this point and nobody knew because I would go upstairs and I would run the taps in between dinner and I would throw up and I would come back downstairs and literally act as if nothing had happened. But this one night I knew, like this screaming voice in my head was like, don't do it. Like I wanted to get better so badly and I went to her in floods of tears and that night was one of the biggest shifts that happened for me because she's a therapist. So she really helped walk me through like taking that intense feeling down from like a, a hundred to like a manageable feeling. And from that day on, I started to go into recovery. Beautiful. Do you remember what led you to feel that it was time to turn around? Because I think yeah. there's almost a, I hate to use this word, but glamour around eating disorders. Yeah. Where I know there's shame as well, especially when we're talking about, you know, purging and stuff mm -hmm. like that. 
But I don't think people really realize. Actually, somebody who heard me speak recently came up to me afterwards and said, I wish I had your discipline. Wow. But I know it's actually much more of a nightmare. So yeah. could you speak to the, the challenges? Because at the beginning, I feel like there's this infatuation, like mm-hmm. you found your calling almost. Yeah. It's like a bad It gives you a sense of purpose yeah. in some ways. I, don't, I think for some girls, it definitely gives you a sense of purpose. Because if you're focusing so much on that, then you don't have to focus on the other stuff that's hurting. And I, the, the biggest thing that I say to people, especially parents that come to me and like say that their daughter is struggling, I'm like, please look beyond and look deeper than the eating disorder because there's something that's happening in her life or there's thoughts or there's feelings or there's emotions that she's not able to process. And she's only able to process it or deal with it or manage it through the purging, through the controlling eating behaviors, through the obsessive exercising. Like for me, I thought that I had to be perfect. Like I literally thought that I had to have everything in place in my life and be little Miss Perfect. And I didn't know how to deal with the pressures that I was dealing with at school to be an overachiever and everything that I wanted to do and be the perfect daughter and the perfect sister and the perfect best friend. So I used throwing up as a way to control my pressures, the pressures that I was putting on myself. So really go go deeper, please, and look at what's happening underneath it as well. Yeah, because it... I'm so glad you brought that up. It has so little to do with food. And yeah. I, I've often told people, you know, don't be the food police. Don't yeah. don't focus so much on the food that you're not. Mm. You know, there, there are ways to be supportive. And obviously, there are red flags, yeah. you know, that we see. Look but, out for the red flags. Yes. There are definitely red so flags. So what are some of the red flags that looking back in your experience mm. might be something that a parent could see now in Okay. I mean, because, yeah, because not every, let's just say, like, not every girl has a full-blown eating disorder, but... Every girl is struggling to accept her body. So look, like, don't wait for her to be, have to be admitted into hospital, like, to start dealing with it. Like, let's talk about obsessing over calories. Um, Does she start, like, controlling the way that she's eating? Is there some kind of shift? How is she looking at herself when you catch her looking in the mirror? Um, what kind of vocabulary is she using when she talks about herself? That's a big red flag for me and something that I had to change. I talk about in the book, it's called Mind Your Language. Is she putting herself down a lot? Is she saying, oh, I feel so fat today? Is she um, complaining about how she feels in her jeans? Like what the smallest things that can sort of start to build and build and that negative thinking just spirals out of control. Um, is she obsessing over the way she exercises? Like, I don't know about you. I think I remember you saying in your TED talk, like you would get up before school and go run and exercise and burn yeah. calories. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it became an obsession. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Now I hike and I love it. Like I do exercise that I enjoy. Yeah. But I didn't know I could enjoy exercise. I know. I hated exercise. Because you're punishing yourself. Oh, totally. (laughs) Totally. It's like you have to do the exercise because if I don't do that, I'm not going to burn the calories. But you hate yourself throughout the whole process. Yeah. Which makes it so miserable. I ran a whole freaking marathon. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And still people are like, that's amazing. I'm like, no. It was. It wasn't. I mean, you know, I did it for a good cause. I'm happy about that piece. (laughs) But it's amazing how. And we get praised for things that seem healthy, even obsession with health food. That's the glamour that you were talking about is we glamorize losing weight. We glamorize um, who's like the healthiest and the fittest and who goes to the best gym and does the best gym classes and who like, and and we become obsessive about like, I don't know, we live in LA. So it's like kind of a whole other bubble in itself, but like who's on the next vegan diet? 
diet, who's on the Atkins diet, who like all of these things that it's sort of like you get praised. Oh, I wish I had your discipline or I wish I could do what you're doing. Yeah. But it's like it's it's just we have to let go of all of that in order to find healing. We do. And what were some of the first steps you took yeah. to heal? Wow. Okay. So there was that night where obviously I admitted to my mom and to myself, more importantly, that what I was doing was not healthy. Like I realized that. Um, and I've got to say it was a process to get to the amazing place that I'm in now with loving my body. But it yeah, it was step by step. I think a big part of it was forgiveness for myself forgiveness for not being perfect, forgiveness. Um, I talk about this in the book, Little Miss Critical. She's a voice in our heads that lives with us. And she is trying to protect us because she wants us to be happy. And she thinks that we'll only be happy when we achieve something or we reach a certain goal or we reach perfection. Like that's what my Little Miss Critical told me anyway. And I had to make peace with her and I had to tell her to pack up her bags and leave because I was going to start running the ship. Mm. I was going to start taking the driver's seat of my own life. And there was, yeah, there was that moment where I think you had the same thing. I realized like I'm either going to continue down misery street, which is not going to be a nice life. I'm going to hate myself. I don't even know how I'm going to live with myself Um, or I make a change right now. And I sat in front of the mirror and I owned up to all the voices, like all the little miscritical voices in my head. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making you feel like you had to be perfect. I'm sorry that, you know, I've been causing you so much pain. Like I looked at my reflection and I said, how could I treat you so badly? I am so sorry. Like from the bottom of my heart, I forgave myself. And it was emotional and it was hard. But the biggest thing I tell people is like, do you want to spend the rest of your life with someone that you hate? Like, would you ever go into a relationship with someone that made you feel absolutely miserable? No. So why do we do that to ourselves? Like, we're the, I'm the person I spend the most of my life with. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm my own best friend. And, yeah. and that sounds cliche, but, you know, that's why I called it learning to love the girl in the mirror. You are going to spend the rest of your life with yourself. Make peace with who you are. Make best friends with you because you would never say the things that you say to yourself to your best friend. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have that person as a best friend. So when I was looking in the mirror, I had to like treat her like my best friend. Like I'd had a falling out, a major falling out with this best friend. (laughs) Like we were not on good terms. And I had to apologize. I had to get on my hands and knees and say, I am so sorry, please forgive me. Forgive Mm. me for the way that I've treated you. I am going to make amends. And from that day forward, I had to train myself to do that, to, to be my own best friend. That is so powerful. And again, I am, I'm not <laughs> so much going to have like a sore neck. Because, right. And I love that we both had those literal, I call them mirror moments in a figurative yeah. way as well. Yeah. But we literally looked in the mirror. Literally. And yeah. it's amazing when you look into your own eyes because we both probably had looked in the mirror for other reasons. Oh, completely. <laughs> like I couldn't even look in the mirror. I would squint my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I had this, this nervous like habit of like squinting my eyes so that the image was blurry. 
Like, I couldn't even bring myself to fully look at myself. Wow. And I now, like, I love it. Like, I'll get out of the shower, I'll catch myself, and I smile. And, like, for a moment, I remember how far I've come from where I was before because I have retrained my brain because before I would have such a negative thought. It would be like, oh, my God, look at your thighs. Oh, my God, look at this. Um, and now I'm like, oh, you look good. <laughs> I love that. That is so important. And and I think we should all strive for that. I think there's a fear of like narcissism and that is there not going to happen. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you said that because there is this, that if you love and appreciate yourself, you're big headed. And I grew up in England where that's even more prevalent. It's like, got to put you like, don't, don't be too big headed. Don't be too big for your boots. Hell no. Love yourself because the way that you treat yourself is how everyone else is going to treat you. So true. So, yeah, I'm so glad that you said that. It, ladies, it is not narcissistic to love your body. Love your dimples. Love your fat. Love yes. every single part of you because that's what you've been blessed with. That's what you've been born with. And celebrate it. Yes. It's safe to celebrate it. It turns it into activism because when you love your dimples or the creases or the you know, what you consider fat, whatever it is, that is showing people around you that it's okay to accept themselves. And I love the don't be too big for your britches because I'm so about allowing ourselves to take up space. Yeah. And there was this really interesting study I read actually this morning that looked at people with anorexia and how they behave in physical space. Mm. And they tend to... They make themselves small. They do. And when they, what they would do too, they would walk through doorways and small spaces and they watch scientists were watching and the people with anorexia would turn even when there was plenty of room like they didn't think they'd fit through this particular space and I remember doing an activity like that uh, I can't remember if it was therapy or a class but we had to put chairs as far as we thought our hips were and everyone even without eating disorders all of the women walked through with all this extra space because they all thought they were wider yeah we're all dysmorphic. And do you think maybe they didn't want anyone to think that they thought that they were thinner? Does that make sense? Do you know oh, what I mean? that's interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we put ourselves down around other women mm-hmm. because we don't want them to think that we think highly of ourselves. That's so true. There's a fear of vanity, right? Fear of vanity. And yeah, like I'll, I feel like there's, I talk about um, getting around the table and all of our little miscriticals joining us at the table and having a good old like gossip. <laughs> Because there's this thing with women and teen girls especially getting together and one girl will start and be like, oh, I feel so like fat in my jeans today. And then another girl will start and oh, I hate the spot on my face and oh, like, oh my God, you should see this on me or whatever. And we just like perpetuate this cycle. So that was another thing for me is watching out in my friendship groups, people I spend time with is like, change that language, mind your language, yeah. don't let that become, because we fuel off of Contagious. it. Our little miscriticals fuel off of it. Yeah. So just be like, no, like, let's not talk about that. Hey, like, let's, I think you're beautiful the way you are. Let's change the subject. Find a way to just bring it back to some kind of nice, positive thinking and talking because we 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 are influenced by the people around us as well. So much so. That is a, such an important point. I'd love to talk a little bit more again about forgiveness. Yeah. Um, forgiving ourselves and also forgiving other people and and forgiving ourselves for hurting people uh, yeah. through because 
when we do have something like an eating disorder. Oh, that's like making me a little emotional even just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a tough one. And I actually asked our resident uh, sex and relationship expert, Dr. Megan, to weigh in on uh, forgiveness in general, specifically what people kind of tend to not know about it mm. and also why it's important for us to forgive ourselves. Yes. August, such a great question and um, an important topic, both thinking about forgiveness as well as compassion. Um, because, you know, there's sort of the expression, uh, you know, holding on to anger is like drinking the poison and waiting for the other person to die. And I think that that is true of all uh, intense negative emotions. It could be anger, it could be resentment, it could be contempt, and sort of all the shades of that. Um, and it's to realize that when we hold on to those feelings in our nervous system, we're actually hurting ourselves. And so this process of forgiveness is part of the healing process. And it's not something that you're doing for the other person. It's something that you're doing for yourself. And you'll know in time that in a sense you've forgiven someone when you no longer feel that sort of pang, that uh, sensation in your body, maybe it's in your gut or your chest. It's um, when you've released any emotions sort of attached to that person, you've sort of let yourself go. It no longer has that emotional hook. It's sort of when we have a sense of that's when you know that you're over it. Um, but that process can take you know, a lot of time for some months, some years, it really depends on, uh, what the nature, uh, of the, in a sense, betrayal or hurt was and whether it was a one-time event or was it ongoing. But I think for each of us, we have to first think about, you know, is this a person that we're interested in healing the relationship? Cause that's its own process. Um, because that's about rebuilding trust. And it's important to recognize that it isn't, necessary to forgive in order to repair a relationship. And it's also true you can forgive and not tell the other party or that you can forgive and not choose to continue the relationship. Um, the most important thing I can stress, however, is when we forgive, we are definitely in no way condoning or excusing bad behavior. And I think that's one of the things we have to focus on is you know, how do we hold ourselves, um, sort of coming from our own highest self and focusing on, you know, really being kind instead of right and living in the present and not the past so that we can allow sort of the relationship to sort of blossom and bloom if we choose to from this moment on, knowing that, you know, there's steps to, you know, both parties sort of showing up and prioritizing that relationship and helping each other to feel safe and connected. Um, so what I would say is if anyone's struggling with the process, you know, it's certainly something, I think anything in silence, uh, makes it more challenging. And a lot of times we may not feel that, uh, because of the nature of the personal relationship, it might be a husband or wife or partner or parent, even that we want to share or disclose with friends. And so if that might be true, I would certainly highly suggest somebody speaking with a qualified therapist because it's, there's nothing like having someone sort of be alongside you and hold your hand through this process and help you think about maybe where are you getting stuck? What are some of those blocks or barriers? Um, but most importantly to know that you don't have to be alone at all in whatever you're struggling with to let go. And I think, you know, another question that August sort of had for me is why is self-forgiveness so important? Because, you know, sometimes we were talking about uh, forgiving 
a harm that someone else has done to us. But what is it like when we recognize because of what our behaviors, uh, what we have done or failed to do? And this could be around sort of addictions. Um, but any kind of behavior that we know we've caused harm and we feel bad. And, you know, that's sort of the definition of, you know, healthy guilt in my mind is when we've knowingly done something to hurt someone. And in that case, we really just have to take responsibility and make amends and try to repair that relationship. And in this case, it's also repairing the relationship with ourselves and that sense of self-compassion that, you know, there's a big difference between doing something that might hurt someone in, in what's considered a bad behavior and being a bad person. You know, we're all on this earth and on our own journey. And, you know, we take two steps forward, sometimes one back, sometimes, you know, three, four, two back. It's a process, but as long as we're committed to staying present and showing up with our best of self, again, it is having compassion for how and the why, for whatever reason we did or didn't do what we did in those moments. Um, because it's that intention and that purpose and that direction of, uh, healing that helps us move forward and helps us, um, not only heal and thrive in a relationship with ourselves, but ultimately in all those that we touch. So I'm just going to leave with the fact that, again, it's not always an easy process of forgiveness, and it certainly can take time, but I do think that it is a part of the process of healing, And but most importantly, to recognize that it is never condoning or excusing bad behavior. Um, it, is, it is an opportunity, however, to take control of our own emotional well-being and mental health to let go of any anger, resentment, or negative feelings. As always, if anybody's struggling, uh, would like to know how this goes for you and to get your feedback. Thanks. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. Beautiful advice as always. What came to mind as you were listening? I mean, wow. Well, obviously she was talking about, a lot about forgiveness in so many different areas, but she was talking about how you know it can be hard to forgive somebody and it's not condoning the behavior, but you know, we live with ourselves. So when it comes to self-forgiveness, do you want to carry around those negative thoughts and that behavior and that guilt surrounding it? Like for me, like I, when I shifted that, she was talking about shifting it literally in your body. Like I think that there was a lot of hate literally stuck in my body. Like, like no matter how little I ate, I wasn't able to really lose weight. When I actually shifted and like let go of all of that negative thinking and I danced it out of my body, I talked to a therapist, when I literally shifted the, the negative thinking in my body, my body changed. Mm -hmm. Like I transformed into the being that I am now. And that is a huge part of that was self-forgiveness. And it's emotional, but you know what? That emotion is so beautiful. It's a transformation. It really is. And it's, again, really scary because you've gone from avoiding feelings, oh, avoiding yeah. hard feelings. Yeah. To like it's stuck in your body. Yeah. Like it was literally stuck in my body. And there were different things that I used to unstick it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I, I remember because I know I had to forgive myself as well. But I also, well, some of the reasons were you know, disordered eating hurts other people, mm. you know, and I had a few experiences where, you know, I lied to close friends, mm. you know, because I needed to engage in whatever behaviors, yeah. you know, or a lot of people around me were feeling guilt once they knew that I had yeah. the illness because and they were hurting as well. And they thought they blamed themselves for not seeing yeah. it. And then I felt guilty for their pain for and they were guilty for my pain. And it's just, you know, when you get to that 
place of really forgiving um, and apologizing to yourself and to others. I reconnected with those friends years later. Wow. Thank God for Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and now we're close again. But and and I found that because I had held it, it had festered. And in my mind, I just remembered being just like this cruel devil person, right? Yeah, everything's so much bigger in our own heads. Isn't it really it? is. Yeah. And I was very addicted to diet pills, and that's what led me to do some really hurtful things to a couple of friends or damage those friendships and they were so loving when I came to them and said hey I just I really want to apologize and I wasn't doing it to get any kind of response no yeah you know and I think that's another way to know that you're doing it for the right reasons it's not like you're trying to make yeah them like you or something it's just you need to let it go yeah and it is for the start like letting it go for yourself like and I think when you talk about forgiveness on a daily basis like we're not perfect human beings I the thing I say now is like I want to be messy like I want to live this messy beautiful creative life and you know there are moments when I catch myself being negative I'm not you know I'm not all the way there every single day but take a moment and forgive myself for that thought. Forgive myself for for just being where I'm at in my life and look in the mirror and just connect with yourself every single day. Like we just have to be more forgiving on a general basis and stop comparing ourselves so negatively to other people. Like yeah. be your own self and love who that person is. We have to, we have to. And, and knowing that some negative emotions are natural and part of life mm-hmm. and can guide us yeah you know oh the negative yeah. oh that's a message too I was dealing with that to that this week actually yeah. it's like the pain and what can be seemingly painful it's a message too and and can you sit with that and learn the message yeah. and 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 go through the fire and I was reading an, um, an amazing quote by somebody and it was like we rise from it don't be afraid of the pain. And I think that's the same with people with body issues and eating disorders. It's a part of the forgiveness is don't be afraid of the pain because the more we, we stay stuck in it. Or avoid feeling and it. And avoid feeling it yeah. massively, like in denial. I don't have an eating disorder. I'm just being healthy or whatever it is. Um, yeah, we need, to, we need to go through it. You need to go through it. And it's going to be messy. It's going to be painful. But it's going to be beautiful. Like the pain is kind of beautiful too. It is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So tell me about tapping because yeah. I'm not very familiar <laughs> and I know it really helped you. It did. And it's really linked with forgiveness and forgiving other people too. So on that night where my skin was crawling and I really, really wanted to purge, like I really wanted to throw up because it was an instinct within me. It was like I had learned that behavior. It was like walking. Like I knew how to just go there. Boom. If I felt like I was full, like I couldn't actually get to that place of being full because as soon as I did, I had to throw up. Um, it was a trained system. And I tapped for the first time. And I was able to retrain those negative behaviors and thoughts and take them from like a 10 out of 10 I have to throw up to like a five, which meant I didn't have to throw up that night. And from that day on, I continued to tap. And it was just this incredible, I use it all the time. Like Did I, you know you were tapping at the time? Yes, yeah, so my mom was a trained tapping therapist. Oh. Thank God. And um, she sat with me and she took me through it. And now I'm a trained tapping therapist because I love it. I wanted to focus on using it with eating disorders and body issues. 
Um, you can use it in every area of your life, from money issues to pain that you're holding on to, relationships. It just, so basically we tap on certain meridian points within our body, which is where energy gets stuck. Like energy does, it's a trauma. Little things can be trauma all the way back from very day one when you're born. There are traumas that we deal with in our body that train us to have certain thoughts and beliefs about who we are and what we, who we are as people and what other people mean to us and like has a knock on effect and on so many areas. And we go back to those places within the body and those memories and you tap on them and you you express them. And by expressing them while tapping, we shift the energy. And I swear you can wake up the next day like a new person. It's like from one round of tapping. Can you give us kind of a walkthrough example? Yeah, so I would start, you start, there's a diagram in the book, but you would start tapping on what I call the karate chop. And it's like, even though I really have to throw up right so now. So while you're tapping on anywhere or it's it on it's on the, the specific, you can Google the specific points. Um, and it's on the, yeah, this side of my hand, the, the blade of your hand. And you tap with three fingers very lightly. And you say, even though I really have to throw up right now, even though I hate my body, I still fully love and accept myself. And you repeat that three times. I still fully love and accept myself. And I know that at the time, you may not really be fully loving and accepting yourself through that. But we are starting to retrain that negative thinking. And it's emotional. And then from that sentence, we bring up other stuff that's going on. Even though this, and then you tap around the body on the specific points that become really easy to learn. Like you just, you'll know them really quickly. And um, it's great to do it with a therapist if you're not ready to go there with the emotions by yourself. Um, And it's like, even though this person said this to me, I still fully love and accept myself. All this pain I'm holding on to. Oh my gosh, I really need to purge. I hate my body. Like you're tapping through the pain and it brings up emotions. It brings up memories. You can even go into those memories and change them for yourself. Like there's a thing called matrix re-imprinting where maybe I could have gone back to uh, the first time that I needed to throw up. Like that was that was probably, you know, that had a domino effect on my life. Maybe I could go back to that situation and I could tap on that memory and maybe that girl in that memory didn't need to throw up in that in that moment. Mm. And can I or can I forgive her? Can I forgive her for feeling like she needed to do that? Or can I forgive that person in that situation that said that thing that I held on to that has had a knock on effect on how I feel about myself? So it's a it's a whole thing. It sounds way more complicated than it is, but it's it's been an incredible tool for me. And it has. And you have effects. a tutorial on your website, right? How can people yes. find that? Okay, so go to girlunfiltered.com and there's a section on the website that you've, that's called like if you go down to the homepage to the tapping section, there's a whole page on tapping on how it works with the diagram of the points to tap on, and you can also click to actually tap with me and I that's specifically tailored for eating disorders and body issues so I'll show you exactly how to do it and we'll even do a round of tapping ourselves I'm still gonna do that okay that is awesome I'd love to talk a little bit about media and the portrayals of beauty and kind of how that affects how we feel about our quote sexiness because I know yeah. especially because you you're reaching teens but you're reaching a very broad audience yeah. too and All I women. know you know most teens and I think beyond you know are looking to these images Mm -hmm. and and being told what quote sexy and beauty yeah 
totally i mean yeah i actually heard that on monday that 70 percent more of young women have uh depression as a result of social media and it's scary it's wow. getting it's it's the society that we live in and you know what we can't change necessarily where we're going with it we can each individually make a difference um but let's get honest and let's get real about what marketing and what social media is. Um, people don't portray their, them sitting at home with zit cream on their face or crying or like the, their real like things that go on behind the scenes. We portray our best image on social media. Marketing is a whole other thing where they're portraying this idea of beauty or this idea of something that people want or want to strive for. And if you, they, they're doing that so that you buy the product. It's media manipulation. So if we can just get real about how that process works, we can detach like, oh, that image there is trying to tell me that if I drink this coconut water, then I'm going to feel like I'm lying on a white sand beach and I have Jessica Alba's body. Uh Or like, you know, like that's the image they want to portray that this coconut water tastes that good that I'm going to feel like that. Or um, buy this diet soda because if you buy it, you're going to have this great ass or whatever it is because that's the image they're portraying with the the can of diet soda or whatever it is and let like I've now learned to look at those images and see them differently I don't feel less than I, Mm -hmm. I understand that that's what they're doing to sell me a product I wish all young women knew that um yeah with my with my book with my um girl unfiltered instagram page i'm trying i'm not filtering my pictures my photo is not retouched um i want to be able to be real with them as as real as i can be you know um and like okay filter your photo and put out put that photo out there but like Let's understand what it is, you know? Mm, yes. Let's have a deeper understanding that I am not less than this person and not compare yourself to the life that they are portraying they lead on social media. It, because it's it's not real. It's just, uh, it's just a factor that that's what they've posted. You know? Yeah, and the comparison thing never works. You yeah. know, it's, uh, it's really sad. And I think knowing too, how you're being affected and and knowing mm-hmm. if like if you're using a filter because oh this is pretty yeah whatever, it's okay I love cool. feeling pretty like I yeah. love yeah that's okay that's but if you're like this is. is my self-worth and you're stressing over it for 15 minutes and you take yeah. 100 pictures to post one that might be a time to stop and say I want to get real with myself do I want to yes. feel this way am I doing this to feel validated exactly like exactly. am I posting this photo because if I get 60 to 70 likes on it, I'm going to feel better about myself. Uh, the numbers, man. I the have, numbers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, this dream of having this campaign called A Day Without Numbers. Oh, wow. You know, and I have a lot of ideas about it, but I feel like we're all kind of prone to to that pressure too. Yeah, like, we are. The likes and the shares and the popularity, everything's trapped yeah. now. And it's a great, you know what? I love social media. I love it. It allows me to connect with people I wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with. So mm-hmm. it's great. Too. Yeah. But like, let's talk about photoshopping. Like, just, can we just say like, every image you're seeing is photoshopped. Yes. So, we are now trained to think that women do not have cellulite, that women do not have dimples, that women don't have scars or creases in their skin. And then we look at ourselves in the mirror and we think we're less than because I have got that. Right. Well, that's just every model, 
no matter how beautiful she is, she does not look like that image that is being portrayed. No, even no. models will tell. I, I like, I'm friends with them. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. will tell me themselves. I don't even look like that. It's so true. When I started modeling. It was right before digital started. Okay. So I remember getting like contact sheets, which nobody yeah. you know, under <laughs> instead of digital, yeah. But like, yeah. And I remember the first time they did digital, and it was such a crazy thing because they'd be like, "Do you want to see the photos during the photo shoot?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, it changed everything. And now I see, like, I have, I never had my photo taken as much as a model full time in all those years that I did it as teens do now mm-hmm. with everything everywhere they go it's going to be posted and, yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah it's there's a lot of pressure and and I think social media can be a powerful tool and it can be a, a beautiful way to do what you're doing yeah. which is spread positive messages and yeah. I have to ask you a question that is always a little uncomfortable <laughs> for me when it's asked and also for me to bring it up okay. it's just a little awkward but I feel like it's an important go one. for it <laughs> so because you and I fit into some of kind of society's quote unquote mm-hmm. acceptable beauty, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes people have asked me, you know, I don't know if I want to take body image advice right. from somebody who is not, you know, overweight or who is not dealing with this, this, and this. Yeah. And I'm curious how you respond to that. I totally get it because I've had those thoughts of like, are people going to judge me because I look the way I look and I'm talking about the things that I'm talking about? Number one, you can look any way and hate your body. You can be America's Next Top Model and be suffering in absolute agony over Many the way that you look. Are. Most, you know what? Most most of the problem is in the modeling industry yeah. or on, you know, with people that are in the spotlight. It attracts people to the spotlight, yeah. like that pressure. Yeah, yeah. I know you dealt with that, yeah. Um, what do I say? I say, you know what? I lived through absolute pain within my body. I was stuck in my body and I also didn't have the body that I have now when I was in the midst of my eating disorder, I was bigger than I am now. And it was through ditching the diet and through ditching the negative behaviors and and changing the way I had been living my life that I'm where I'm at now. So I'm very passionate about teaching health and um, loving your body, dancing, moving, finding freedom within your body instead of doing it as a means to become a perfect size focus on how you feel about yourself focus on what the foods are that you're eating in a way that like they nourish you that they're powerful ingredients instead of like taking away the fats from your diet and taking away all like calorie counting I never do that anymore when I change that like that's why I'm like glowing in health right now that's why I feel fit that's why I feel strong um so yeah I would say that anyone any shame like I've seen the sexiest most confident women as a who are bigger sizes than me and I'm like can I please have some of what you have yeah because you are incredible and I am so inspired by you Mm -hmm. like we can all be role models and and just don't judge somebody please Let's get rid of the judgment, first of all. But please don't judge someone on the way that they look. You have no idea what someone is going through. You have no idea how much someone has been suffering or has suffered. Like, let that's why I'm so passionate about speaking about this, because I think the more that we speak up about this as women, 
especially as young women and like being like, hey, this is what's going on. The more other people think they're not alone and the more other people will start speaking up and we can all collectively make a difference. Yes. So I'm not going to let the way someone else might think about me talking about this stop me from preaching how passionate I am about this. See, everyone listening is already finding you so gorgeous, even if they haven't seen you, because you're <laughs> vivacious and there's this authenticity. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that means so much to me. It's so contagious. It's beautiful and inspiring. And I'm so right there with you. It's amazing because when you let go of all those rules, your body's going to go to wherever it naturally healthfully yes. is. And yes. that could be a whole range of sizes, yeah. right? But it does change the way that you're perceived. And studies show that when you accept yourself and you pursue passions and you're yeah. curious about life, we radiate some kind of like, beauty. I was not sexy when I was complaining about my body or yeah. like having those negative thoughts. Like I was, you know, in the corner suffering. And now I'm like, take me as I am. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I was dancing this morning, getting ready to come here, yeah. thinking to in my mirror with music on thinking I was like, like the next biggest pop star. And I was laughing and I was like, yeah. I had the, the, the hairdryer blowing on my hair. <laughs> and I was like, yes, like I was feeling myself. Like, let's all get to that point. Yes, I would love that. Yes. I think that's, that's a great goal. And if you focus there yeah. and knowing that you might have negativity around you, you need to work through, but just shifting that priority because that's what makes you sexy, women. It is. Like it's, it is. it's really not the size that you are. Like, okay, Society might tell you that, but like, let's just forget about that. Like that's, that's just negative programming. You are so sexy by owning your body. Young women, you want to feel like adored and loved? Give that to yourself yes. first. Yes. Because when you give that to yourself, you allow other people, your relationships to treat you that way. That is the sexiest, the confidence is the sexiest thing a woman can wear. It's really true. It's really true. And it's okay if you're not there yet. Yeah, totally. And we may be there one day and yeah. the other not. I go through that oh, totally. for sure. It's a journey yeah. and we're not going to feel fabulous about how we look no. every day. But And I do think, you know, it's sad. There's so much bullying for appearance, right? So people will go through more shunning from the outside based on their appearance, which is completely unfair. What we can change, though, is how we feel about ourselves. And knowing that bullying within our own head oh, yeah. is the most detrimental. Absolutely. And what, other pe what you think other people are thinking about you isn't really the case because they're too busy worrying about what they think about themselves or what other people are thinking about them. Um, that's why I say there's a whole chapter on getting rid of little Miss Critical. She's been living with you for far too long. It's time to tell her to pack up her bags and leave. Take a lifelong vacation, please. Like, and she will pop back in. I've had moments like that. You know, when I was even writing the book, um, it was leading up to my birthday and I just had like this breakdown and I was like, what the hell is going on with me? And I real like, because I was, and I was writing the book and I was like, how can you be suffering with this thinking and like these body issues be coming back up when you're writing a book on body issues? But again, I forgave myself. I did the mirror work and I sat with what was really going on with me. Well, one, I was missing my family. It was coming up to my birthday. It was the first birthday I'd spent away from my family. And I had all these emotions surrounding that. So yeah, it you know, it comes up like let's let's just be aware of it, yeah. first of all. Let's really just sit with what's going on mm -hmm. and and be forgiving on a daily basis. Yeah. 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 
It's so true. That's really powerful. And the little miss critical, little miss fear. I love that. I almost feel like they have their own personality. They do. You can give them names. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I think there's like a drawing of her in, in one of the books. But yeah, just um, yeah, little miss fear, little miss fear, and little miss critical. There, they think that their job is to protect us. They think that we're they're keeping us safe. Because if you live in fear or if you judge yourself, like, you're going to get where you need to be. And, that, like, she's just trying, you know, we've learned that behavior from since we were children. Like, you're not born coming out of the womb judging yourself, like, or living in fear. Like, I was looking at my friend's baby and she loves her belly button. She, she stands there and she laughs. Like, she's looking at her the cute little pot belly and she's, like, laughing and loving it. And I saw that and I started crying. I was like, where, when did I lose that? Yeah. When was it okay to not feel that way? Well, it's it's slow programming. It's um, It starts early. It starts so early. Like fear comes up because did one girl not invite you to her party and, and you thought that that meant that you were this person. So the next time a situation arises in your life and you're an adult, you're like reliving that without realizing it in your head that you have to do this and live in this fear because you don't want to be excluded. Or someone said something to you and you don't realize you're holding on to that. And all we're programmed as women that you have to look a certain way from a very, very young age to be accepted. You know, there's so much programming going on. Like, let's just bring it to the surface yeah. and understand that, like, let's make friends with Little Miss Critical. Let's make friends with Little Miss Fear and tell them, thank you for doing your job. I know you thought you were protecting me but I'm kind of done now. Like I'm done living with you. Like you can get in the back seat of my car and you're not going to decide what like the snacks are that we're gonna eat. You're not gonna choose the playlist. I'm gonna drive the car. Like you can chill. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be in control. Of Elizabeth my life. Gilbert talks about that yes, a lot. Yes, she and, does. I uh, love her book, Big Magic. It? Big Magic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I love that idea because it's not saying you cannot have any fear. Like, yeah, oh, fear is always gonna be. That? I have these yeah. bad feelings. Yeah, <laughs> fear is there to protect you. Yeah, just pick and choose. Like, okay, if it's gonna save your life, fear is great. Act on it. Yeah. yeah, it's a you know, it's a fight or flight syndrome too. Like, it's there. It's pro we're we're, pro we're programmed from cavemen to have fear in order to protect ourselves. If the herd of cows is running after you, like you gotta run. But it's now in our lives when we're so connected to, you know, our phones and everything and we're we're constantly on alert. Fear is there in so many new and um, untapped ways that we don't realize. Yeah. So yeah, we need to be kinder on ourselves, people. Like, yeah, make friends with them and understand they're doing their job, but you don't need to live with those negative thoughts that Little Miss Critical is programming you with anymore. And I love that you talked about still experiencing the challenges, even mm -hmm. with body image, because I think there's this idea sometimes that it's a destination, just like the goals were yeah. to be, I have perfect body image now. But in actuality, it becomes a tool for you to what you did sit down and be with yourself and figure out all the layers and yeah it's a muscle we keep on working oh yeah throughout our lives yeah and it's always going to be coming up just be aware of like why is it coming up am i going through something that i'm not really allowing myself to feel right now if i if i get negative um eating habits that start coming up or i start being hard on myself i'm like oh wait 
what's going on? Am I holding on to pain that I need to go through? Or am I not trying not to feel what I need to feel? Am I sleeping enough? Am I? (laughs) (laughs) That one I noticed was big when I really learned to actually sleep well, which again is just be kind to to nurture yourself. Yes. So many things can. We think we're more productive because we're not sleeping and we like over glamorize busy. We, like, oh my god, we over. Oh, totally. That's I something I need to. Day. I, I sleep. Oh I'm my so god, awesome. I totally need to even work on that more in my life. I I agree with you completely. Be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, treat yourself the way you would want your lover to treat you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I want everyone to like. Put that on their wall or something. Write it up on that mirror. <laughs> or like, you know what? Here's an idea. Like, learning to love a girl in the mirror. Get your lipstick, ladies. Write I love you on your mirror because you're going to see it every day. And start repeating it to yourself, looking at yourself in, in the eyes in the mirror. And keep saying that until you believe it. You may not believe it in the beginning. You are going to have to retrain your thoughts. Find one thing every day that you can just love about yourself. And it may start really small. It could be like, I love my nails. Until you can move to bigger things and really like loving the complete package. Yes. Do what you need to do to remind yourself to do that every day. Totally. And then you end up getting to this place, I think, very often where the physicality just doesn't mean as much from the aesthetic part. Like, that's the coolest thing. Like, what a really funny thing happened, actually, in the studio when I came in and I had mascara on one eye. (laughs) And as a blonde person, you couldn't see my other eye very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't notice until, like, I took a picture to post just, like, I'm in the studio and I'm so happy. (laughs) And then it wasn't until I posted it. Like, I didn't look at the picture very much. And then I was like, oh, my God. And then I looked in the mirror. I'm like... I just forgot. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to get to a place where your aesthetic is not the most important yeah. thing. Because it never really was, but it was no. a mask. Yeah. And we learn to make it what's most important, but it's not. I'm, I'm actually, you said it was really cool. Like, I'm finding that in my life now. Like, how I feel about myself isn't determined by what I look like and I'm starting the fact that I can now look in the mirror and dance like a lunatic in my bedroom in my underwear and have no negative thoughts about my body like I I, the first time that happened I stopped myself and started crying because I was like oh my god I got there like I'm getting there to this place of freedom within my body um yeah you're so right it's a really it's a really cool phase of the journey for you to feel like you're validated without needing to be validated by external circumstances. Freedom is the perfect word yeah, for that too. Yeah, freedom. So fun talking with you. You too. <laughs> so tell everyone a little bit more about where they can find you, yeah. learn about your work and get your book. Well, definitely go to the website. It's girlunfiltered.com. There's a free confidence boosting ebook on there. Um, again, the tapping video, you'll learn more about me and where I'm at. You can send me uh, an email and I'd love to hear from you. There's a blog. Um, I use social media a lot. So go to girl underscore unfiltered at uh, on Instagram that's where you'll really like I'm really starting to share more and more on there too and it's really become becoming freeing for me to be like I'm not gonna worry about what people are gonna say about this I'm gonna post what's true and authentic to me and I love it 
Um, my personal account is Helena Grace underscore Donald. Um, and then the book, like that's really the heart of it all. Learning to Love the Girl in the Mirror, A Teenage Girl's Guide to Living a Happy and Healthy Life. It's now available on Amazon. Go to Amazon, get it. There's going to be an ebook shortly, but yeah, get your hard copy now. Yes, I'm so excited. It's a perfect gift too. Yes. I think for friends of all Absolutely. ages, but I'm super excited, as I mentioned, to share it with my nieces. Yeah. I think as a if you have, you know, sisters. Yeah, nieces, cousins. sisters. Cousins. And you know what? Don't be put off by the fact that it says a teenage girl's guide. This book is honestly for everyone. Like, every woman needs to read it. I had my 92-year-old grandmother get her first copy this weekend, and she FaceTimed me. Yeah, my, my grandmother knows how to FaceTime me. She's 92. She's awesome. And she said that she was even finding it emotional, and she was learning things that she wished she had known, and she wished that she had known at a younger age. And that just fills my heart all the way up because every woman can learn to love and accept their being at any age. It is never too late to start. Never too late. Could you leave us with one tip, something that we can all do today to mm. just – Kind of, you know, you've given us so much wonderful <laughs> advice already, but something that you find tends to be helpful for for most anyone. That's a, that's a couple things. Like, okay, today the simplest of things is can you look at yourself in the mirror the next time you walk past one and just stop. Look at that reflection and thank your being for getting you to where you are today. This wonderful vessel that does phenomenal things to keep you alive, and yet we judge it for the way that it looks. Can we just forget that it's an ornament for a second and just see it as this beautiful vessel and say thank you? Just if, if all you say is thank you, the next step would be like, find one thing that you love and appreciate that you can tell yourself. Another thing is, honestly, put some music on and find a way to just find freedom in your body and dance. Like I go to dance class like almost every day now because that was part of my healing journey of like, I just love it and I'm not a dancer. So you do not need to be a dancer to do that. Find a song that empowers you. And even if you aren't capable of fully letting go and dancing in the mirror, even by yourself, because I was there, like it's hard. I, I don't think that I was capable of being where I'm at now in the beginning. But um, yeah, just sit there with it and like start feeling your body and moving it in whatever way you can right now um, until it gets to the point where you're ready to go to that dance class. You're ready to like let go fully. Do one thing that's going to be like joyous within your body today. Perfect advice. <laughs> Someday, I think you and I should host like an online live dance everyone dance as yes. terrible as you can. Yes. Like be a complete klutz. <laughs> yeah. Let it all go. Yeah. And just move just and be move. free and connect. It's beautiful. Thank Absolutely. you so much no, for being here thank today. Thank you. I've loved it. <laughs> if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a simple review while you're there. And again, sign up for occasional email updates on my website where I also also share blog extras. You can find my current book, my upcoming book, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>